We started last week our series of All Hands on Deck, the, the mindset that the church is a battleship, that we have a battle to fight, and there are several ships that need to be strong and in place in order for us to carry out the, the urgent task at hand. We talked last week about worship. Next week we'll cover discipleship and stewardship. Today we're going to focus on fellowship. Fellowship. Now, I've told you this many times before. We are created by God for relationship with God and with other people. We try sometimes, but we cannot live the Christian life by ourselves. You know this. As human beings, each one of us has a deep-set longing Our longing is to love and to be loved. We have a longing, a deep desire to connect with other people, uh, to be in close communion, to be in a family. 1 John 1 verse 3. I didn't give this to Nick, so it's not up there. 1 John 1 verse 3. Listen to this. Our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also have fellowship with us. So what are we talking about here? First of all, there are two dimensions to what I would call fellowship. The first is a vertical dimension. God revealed God's self through his son, Jesus Christ. We are followers of Christ. And then there is the horizontal dimension where we take that love and connect with other people. Now, do you get the image? Trevor Hudson, one of my favorite United Methodist pastors in South Africa, says we cannot be in fellowship without the cross. You get the depth of that? That without the blood of Jesus, without God sending his only son to die so that we might live, we cannot have fellowship with one another. When we open our lives to Jesus, Jesus never comes by himself. Now listen to this. You know that with Jesus comes the power of the Holy Spirit, but we are also given a new kind of family brothers and sisters in Christ. Trevor Hudson goes on. I'm going to quote him a lot today because I went back to what I had studied about fellowship, and this just really brings it home. We always journey with Jesus in the presence of other human beings, but often they are the most different from us. Every moment we live We've got the Holy Spirit connecting us to God, bringing us closer in relationship to Jesus Christ, but also with other people. Christian fellowship is different. There is a depth to Christian fellowship that we cannot have anywhere else. We can't go to Kiwanis or Rotary or through the chamber or a book club and have the depth of fellowship that we are called to live out as Christians. But we also have a danger. When we are in fellowship with one another through the power of the Holy Spirit, we develop an intimacy or a closeness. And I must say that sometimes that leads us to exclude others who are different from us. Those that may think 
or believe differently, those that look or talk differently than us, those that have different ways of acting and behaving, those who may have different interests or goals, those who are marginalized, the poor, the disabled, I'm afraid that as Christians, as the church, sometimes we label them as those people and we consider us this nice little circle. If we are going to live out the Christian fellowship that God is leading us to, then we're going to get rid of and us and them. It's difficult. It's messy. It's not very pretty. It's when we have to put on our, our big, big girl boots. <laughs> I almost did it, Emily. I almost embarrassed you. Gee whiz. It's when we got to put on our big girl boots and do the messy work of being in relationship, of having open, honest conversations, of talking about stuff that is really difficult to talk about. And to, to, to well, it, it, it's, I'm repeating myself. We have to have conversation. We have to meet the other person where he is, where she is, and we have to figure out what they're about. We have to listen to them. And then we ask them to listen to us. And then something really cool happens. We have fellowship. We have Christian community. We have building relationships that are built on trust, not do it my way or the highway. So a question we as a church need to ask ourselves today is, do we isolate or do we invite? Do we exclude or do we encourage and edify? Now let me remind you that our church structure, this building, you know, we may be in this building an hour or two or three a week. You and I are the church and what we do is how we live our lives. So don't, don't limit your thinking to, okay, she's talking about Sunday morning, because really, I'm not. I'm talking about how we choose to live our lives in fellowship with one another. Somebody I studied with, I'm, I'm part of the Academy of Spiritual Formation, and I know that sounds really hoity-toity, but it's not. It helps me learn how to connect my head to my heart and live an authentic Christian life. And one of the teachers is an Episcopal priest. Her name is Elizabeth Cannon, and she says this. Living together as the body of Christ, which I think is true fellowship, living together, requires intentional, compassionate care for one another. Intentional, compassionate care for one another. We need the support of companions on this journey, and when we are willing to serve Rather than to look for self-satisfaction, the community, or I would say the church or the battleship, becomes more robust. Listen to this. The Christ-centered community, I believe that's who we're called to be as the church, the Christ-centered community is alive and open to the Holy Spirit. And the openness and loving acceptance of one another is essential to our shared life together. Openness, 
loving acceptance. Now, that doesn't mean you have to believe in or condone everything that they say or do. You can still agree to disagree. You can still have really open, honest conversations. But as Jesus' followers, we are called to live a different way. Listen to this. God's truth and love are not opposing forces. God's truth and love are not opposing forces, but we are to incorporate them in our care because it's the hard work. Do you get what I'm trying to say here? That we are called as Jesus followers to get down and dirty in relationship, meaning it's not going to be pretty sometimes. It would be much easier to stick in our our circle with people who look like us, talk like us, um, eat like us, uh, like the same kind of TV shows, all of the same kind of stuff. And God is saying that's not what Christian community looks like. Hmm trying to humble ourselves and be the, be the church. The early church, the first century church, gives us a model for that. If you would, please turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And there are some things that we need to, to take from that example of the first church. Acts 2, starting with the 42nd verse. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the result of that? The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I want to to call your attention to a few things here. First of all, there were four things that the early church did. And I believe that we are called to live out life in the same way. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That goes back to, if you've got your Bibles, go back to verse 38. Peter was teaching and he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's that's the teaching of the disciples. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we are going to follow the, the first century church's example, then we are going to be rooted and grounded in God's word. In scripture. Scripture is our foundation for the way in which we are supposed to be living together in community. Secondly, it said they fellowship together. What does that mean? They shared life together in community. They did life together. Thirdly, in the breaking of the bread, they shared meals together. And finally, number four, they prayed together. Do you hear that word? Together. Together in community. 
Stuart used a really good example this morning. He talked about that as a church, we're very much like a fishnet. In fact, when Jesus invited those guys to be his disciples, he, he called some fishermen. The fishnet is really important as an illustration because it is made up of all kinds of little squares. That's us. But you'll see that there are four corners tied together, knotted together. If one, any one of those knots is compromised, the net loses its integrity. The net loses its strength. In fact, up here there's a hole because some of the knots have come apart. This is an example of the church, the battleship. It's also an example of the early church. It takes all four of our ships to make our battleship effective, right? Worship, fellowship, discipleship, and stewardship. But it also takes the four things, the four knots that the early church professed. What are they? The Word of God, fellowshipping, doing life together, eating meals together. That doesn't mean just communion once a month here at church. It means sitting around the table together, getting to know one another, especially those who are different than us. And the last one, praying together. My friends, this is the church. This is what we're called to be about. So again, I have to ask you, I have to ask myself, how are our knots? Are we a church, meaning a body of Christ, not a physical building, but are we a church that has strengthened our knots so that we can live in community, that we can be the hands and feet of Christ, that we are not self-centered, self-focused, but we are reaching out to others. As I mentioned last week, the, the whole battleship mentality is one of urgency. Everybody knows their job on a battleship, but when it's time, I don't know if this is really how it goes down or not, but, you know, sounds makes a good story at least. All hands on deck is called, and everybody goes to their place, and they do what they're supposed to do. God has called all hands on deck a long time ago. And it is our job to get busy. It is our job to live in worship, in fellowship, in stewardship, and in discipleship. Where is God calling you? Perhaps there are some people that you already know of that absolutely drive you crazy. If you see them in the store, you want to go the other way so you don't have to even make eye contact or say hi to them. Perhaps those are the people that God is saying, be bold enough, walk into it, go into conversation. Perhaps God is calling you or me to invite somebody into our home that typically we, we wouldn't want into our home. Perhaps God is calling us to go and serve and do in a place that we are not used to going and serving and doing. This is simply a reminder. We are called to be Christ's followers. Think of what Jesus did. Think of who Jesus hung out with. 
Think of how Jesus lived. It was often not comfortable for him. I know it wasn't. But he chose to be about his father's business. He chose to to take up a cross, literally and figuratively, and follow our Heavenly Father. If we are going to live a life as Jesus' followers, we are called to do the same. Let it be so in the name of Jesus.